Hey, Peter. Hey. Hey, aren't I supposed to be on vacation right now? Yes, but first, I need you to answer some of my most pressing questions. I do love this podcast. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the Go Here Podcast. Advice and inspiration for music and life and daily music advice coming at you. Oh, I see what you did there. You kind of combined the old with the new. The old with the new because we're still, we got one foot in, you know, the 2020s and we still got one foot in the 2010s. I feel like I got one foot in February 2020 <laughs> and I got one foot right now. Exactly. Like that. Hey, we're we're kind of have... playing around with both of them. I like, I got. I have to admit, I think I like the old one. I do. Daily music advice. But coming that's at you. Coming, coming at you. Coming at you. You know? Yeah, that's I right. Do. It's kind of up in your face. It is a little bit, but so are we. Yeah, we are. Extreme. We're aggressive. Yeah. We're passive, yet we're aggressive. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we're not that. No, but we... the thing about it is, too, we we mainly backed away from that because we're not on a daily schedule anymore. We're not. We're on a three-day-a-week schedule, but I think that's close enough, man. It is. That's true. Because even when we were daily, we weren't daily. We were no. five days a week. We're five days a week. You know what's a little bit sad? When we went from... Uh, five days to three days, we were like really worried because we're like people love us so much. We we heard no pushback at all, right? No one cared. You know, nobody what? said anything. Did anybody notice? No one noticed. <laughs> and you know what? When we went from seven to five, same thing. Nobody really cared. Yeah. Maybe we'll try going from three to one and see. see and then we'll just go one to nothing and see if anybody. You know, if we go to one, then we can do weekly music advice coming at you. Coming at it's the coming at you that they, they, they really gets you in it. It really is. Do we so, have a sponsor today? We don't have a well. We have a sponsor. Open Studios always oh, sponsoring yeah, us. Yeah. 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 Um, but we don't have an outside sponsor, as it were. Right. We're open to it, though. Yeah. We've had some great ones lately. MuseScore. AnyTune. I learned how to say it. AnyTune. We love AnyTune. Sure. SoundSlice. Remember them? Oh, my gosh. I love SoundSlice. Maybe SoundSlice will drift back into our life. The Oxford American. That was my favorite. Oxford American. So Apple was... Computer. That was awesome with all the free gear we got. <laughs> shout no, out to Steve Jobs. Shout out to Steve Jobs. <laughs> Big shout out to Steve. Keep on innovating. So uh, uh, we keep getting these questions. and We get so many questions. We do get a lot of questions. But we thought, and we're so lazy. <laughs> Apologies <laughs> no, we're just, about answering the yeah. questions anyway. So we thought we'd we get just overwhelmed. Kinda... We, get them, we get them in so many different places. We too. do. I know. We, get, we have like 18 channels. Yeah. So we thought we would just tackle your burning questions on sort of like a, a speed round, a lightning round of questions. And then later on this week, we'll have some more like more uh, uh, long form questions that we can kind of take our time with. But right. I think for this one, we can kind of knock these out. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And thank you guys for the questions. We got them from Instagram. We got them on YouTube comments, Facebook, Facebook, um, email. Yeah. Uh, speak pipe. Although we're not hitting any of the speak pipes today, but the speak pipe is open. Go we, to yeah, we knocked out all our speak pipe. Speak pipes last week. That was but, fun. But was definitely fun hit us up at you'll hear it.com with any of your questions and we'll uh we'll get around to answering them. Yeah, and if you want to text a question to Adam, hey, his number is three one four. I love the blues. Hey, you know what else is cool about today before we get into these questions? <laughs> yes. It's a special birthday today. Is it? I think we gotta acknowledge that. Let's not. During the pandemic, there's there's no special birthdays. We just I let think them it counts, man. I think it counts. It's your birthday today. Is it my Happy birthday? birthday, buddy? Oh, thank you. It's a big one too. The big four zero plus it's the ten. The big four zero plus ten. We like to call it the four 40 plus 10. one. Forty ten. Forty ten. Congrats, now. man! It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Half a century, man. That's... Well, I'm so happy to be here, separated by a large square of plexiglass. <laughs> <laughs> Look how far we've come. Drinking man. some non-alcoholic sparkling water. That's right. Yeah, we yeah. are. Uh, we are back in the pod cave, loving it. It's uh, very clean and very pot sweet. This is pot sweet. Pot sweet. Sorry. Yeah. What's the pod cave? Oh, it that was, was that musty ass thing. That was that was a horrible place. 
Horrible place. Okay, so let's get to this. We are going to answer your most pressing. Should we call this most pressing or burning questions? Uh, pressing. Pressing. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Burning sounds like you got you caught something you didn't want to catch. That's right. Okay, so should we start with the first one? I'll read it. You answer it, or I'll yes. read it. We both <laughs> yes, answer. Sure. If knows? I know it, yeah. Okay. I was curious about how to use the Phrygian scale in my playing. I know it can be used over dominant chords for a sus flat nine kind of sound. Ooh, is that correct? Sus flat nine. We'll, right, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to but that. is it useful in other situations? And why is this mode of the major scale useful over dominant chords? Is it because it's a fifth above the minor mode of the major scale and implies a resolution to a minor key? I don't understand any of this, Adam. That's my question to you. So are they <laughs> saying like if you have an E7... You can use an E Phrygian. Are you Phrygian kidding me right are you, now? Are you Phrygian kidding me? I mean, you can do that if you want to get thrown out the jam session. Oh, actually, that sounded pretty good. I see what they're saying. Because it's... So, you know, this is actually... This is close to a secret scale that I came up with. I didn't actually come up with it, but... You add in that major third in there as well to no. that Phrygian. Now we're talking. But I don't think you can. And then skip over the fourth or play the fourth? No, play the fourth because if we're doing like a 5 1 to A minor, right? Why you gotta give away the A minor though? Well, I'm not giving it away, but, but if. So I actually use this scale in my. You like that? Does that sound <laughs> good to you? <laughs> no, but there are instances like if you have to go like. Where you're going to need that A if you want to play melodically in the key of A minor, even if you're on a five chord. Would that be a block chord basic? It is in, I, this is why I was using this scale in block chord basics. It's a perfect scale to do block chords with because you can't really use the altered scale uh, if you want to like voice some of these melodies to standards. Like if you're voicing yeah. softly in a mor as a, mor a morning sunrise, you know, and you're, you can't do that note with the altered scale. You can't do that natural second, right? Right. So you have to have a, a different way to do it. So, but I've never heard of using the Phrygian like this, Phrygian, uh, and maybe that's my own ignorance here. Have you, Peter, ever heard of using a Phrygian over the the dominant? No, yeah. no. But let's talk about some with some ways to use it though, because that was kind of the original question. Yeah, yeah. My favorite way to use it is over a three chord. So again, if we're on the E Phrygian, if this is like the three in a three six two five. Yeah, this is like it's the most basic C. way to do it. Instead of a Dorian. Which sounds great, by the way. Dorian on a three chord sounds great, right? So if you yeah. have like a three six two five in C, C major is E minor seven A seven D minor seven G seven and then you're to the one. So that three chord E minor seven instead of Dorian, which sounds great, by the way, you could use a Phrygian and then it's like all C, right? Then you're still you have such a strong C major. A strong C major sound. That's one way to do it. Uh, there's another way that's even hipper, though. Um, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this is really... This is. I'm going to answer the question with the question. <laughs> this is getting that Phrygian sound, right? <laughs> yeah. Like when you're vamping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I really kind of hear this... Um, it's a Chick Corea, Kenny Kirkland sound. Totally, yeah. but I kind of hear it as like a... Or conceptualize it as a D Dorian in this case, but basically a whole step down over an E, right? You know, that kind of... Totally. 
And if you take what I'm going here, it's kind of just going through the McCoy voicings or the yeah. so what, you know, over D minor, but over an E. With, a, with an E in the bass. Huh? An E in the bass. E in the bass, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, like what you were doing, I really like that, the, to the A7 or A minor, you know, it's a 36251. But you can kind of shift this in. I mean, of course, as a vamp, it's great. sit there for a while but there's instances where you can use this as kind of a bridge or substitution into two five one so it'd be like three and then to a g7 and then to a c major so you might be like d minor instead of d minor g7 to c d minor e phrygian g7 to c major that is so crazy hip do that again do that one more time d minor and then e phrygian and then i mean normally i'd actually even add more it'd be like d minor E Phrygian, A flat major, G flat. Makes my fingernails itch. Yeah, it's nice. Well, it's like we always think about substituting, like a tritone or a half step or something, which is fine. But you, a lot of times, substitution, like you can just think about, and not as much as substituting as altering your your harmonic progression based upon things that you would do with the root movement. So you're going from here to here, but you can go. Almost so like let's pick a, some chords for those. It's yeah. a D Dorian over E. So yeah, because you're coming from that, and you might F seven, A flat major, D flat. You know, a lot of places. But you do see you you would see something like E Phrygian Phrygian marked in a chart that was like a modal chart. Yeah, and that's the e sound Phrygian. they want. Exactly. They want and here we'll spell out this voicing because this I think this voicing here is crucial to kind of like uh, what your expectation for the sound is. So yeah. this voicing is F A B. E on top. Right. That's the voicing. If I see E Phrygian, that's the first thing I'm playing. Almost always. Like, I'm setting up the sound with that. Because that is, that rub is what I think is expected. Yeah. And I love it because, you know, unlike, I mean, obviously there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of, you know, huh? Yeah. Um, but it's also Phrygian, Frankie. Uh, <laughs> right. Of of all the different places we can go that have tension in them that want to resolve somewhere, a Phrygian when it's played in the way you were just doing, and where we're you know talking about sitting on it, is really a stationary thing. It doesn't actually want to go anywhere. That's why I was. A, I mean, yeah, we could talk about the you know resolve, but it's it's not a not like that. It needs to go somewhere else before it wants to go there. So you can sit on it, even though it's got mystery it's more mystery than tension the kind of tension that that's itching to resolve you know what i mean yeah it, it, it isn't you can sit on it it isn't really itching to resolve this is kind of angrily sitting there yeah it's tense and it's really typified i think by the It's an E minor, but it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's got yeah. none of that optimism of the yeah. Of, I of don't, the Dorian. yeah, because it doesn't, because to me it lacks that tension. I don't, I don't see it being a great dominant scale, like a dominant chord scale. No, it's not, because yeah. it's a minor. It's minor. It's minor. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I uh, hope that helps. Asked uh, and answered. Asked and answered. <laughs> uh, I like this one. Um, where did Adam put his beard? This is an outrage. <laughs> well, I guess that's a question. I shaved it. 
<laughs> I did. But in fact, I'm looking at you, even through the plexiglass, I can see it is you are adorned. Yeah. You are not shorn. I've already, you are I've adorned. already cut it back. Yeah, it's, it? I'm adorned, unshorn. Unshorn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, it's good. I've been locked down, y'all. I, I don't want to look at the same face the whole time. Come That's on. That's right. You know. That's right. I only got a couple faces to look at. I wanted to change it up. That's right. Uh, this is a good one. Do you have hearing loss, tinnitus, because you... Tinnitus. Tinnitus. Because oh. you... Cause of too, <laughs> really? You say tinnitus, I say tinnitus. <laughs> okay. Uh, that of sounds nasty. <laughs> jazz. Do you do things to protect your hearing? Um, Peter, from, I like this one. Hashtag old guys. Yeah, that's this from, from Rachel. Felix. Rachel put, I think, added in the hashtag old guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, she was saying I like yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. Um, do you guys have hearing loss because it's too much? This is kind of a joke, right? Or is this for real? I think it's for real. I, I actually think I kind of do have, I know I have a little tinnitus or tinnitus. Uh, I, I have a slight ring in my right ear. Um, from I, and I know when it happened. It happened in Rolla, Missouri. Oh, on a sound horrible check. things happen in that sound. <laughs> on, a, on a sound check, it was at a live music venue, and I was plugging in my guitar. In my head was two feet from a monitor, and whoever was running sound just decided to turn on the monitors. Oh, I know what I, I remember this very clearly now. The singer I was playing with all of a sudden said she was trying to check her mic and nothing was happening. And obviously the guy had cranked up the system. And then she said, oh, this needs phantom power. Oh, and boy. then five seconds go. later, I was blown. Like there it was just go. like he, he was like, oh, phantom power and didn't adjust any of the faders or any of the levels and just turned on the phantom power. And it was just the worst sound you've ever heard as loud as it could be right in my right ear. And yeah. I have a little bit, it's actually not terrible. Like I've, I, when I hear other people describe theirs, yeah. it sounds really bad. Mine is not terrible, but, but it was an immediate, that's, that's kind of different than what we typically think about um, the cause of this kind of hearing loss. Which it's usually a like a long term or gradual yeah. thing. So it might be a gradual thing. And that that's just in my head from something, but I have to imagine that that caused some kind of damage because yeah. it was the loudest sound I've ever heard. In my yeah. Life. Uh, but other than that, I think my wife would attest that I do have some kind of. She's always like, "Why are you listening to the TV so loudly?" <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm sure I have some. I do try to. That was not a great impression of Heather McCorkle. No, I mean if you she's listening song. right now, <laughs> like a grandma or yeah. something. Um, do you do things to protect your hearing? So I I have some uh, earplugs that I wear on live gigs, especially if I know that the monitor engineer or just the just the engineer in general. A couple of ones that I've traveled with, house engineers and modern engineers, like to push things a little bit. Um, not even so much from an accidental surge like what you're describing, but just from a, just a higher, you know, a constant level that I think can cause that. And it's hard because I don't have great ones. I should get some better ones. I know um, a couple... People get those molded ones. The molded ones yeah. I think are good. The ones I have block out a lot, but they block out so much, it's like it's hard to really hear. So I like kind of have them half in and half yeah. out. Um, but I try to... I mean, I always have those like in my traveling bag. So, because that's generally the time I'll I'll encounter it. Yeah, I'll tell you if you are if you play a lot of live gigs, which who's doing that right now? But if you do, uh, for me, the the volume of my stage volume has gone down over the years. Even yeah. though my hearing's probably gotten worse, because I've just I just have gotten to the point where I'm concerned about hearing loss. Well, maybe the volume's gone down in in your ear. Maybe well, maybe, maybe, maybe you're on eleven. Really go down. <laughs> 
Have you um, noticed everyone else is like, oh my god? Uh, <laughs> but also, if you do headphones a lot of too. if yeah, headphones, watch it. You have to watch it, and if you're in the studio. Yeah, like a lot of great engineers I know, they mix and they listen mostly at very, very low volumes. And when yeah. musicians get in the studio, where I was like, turn it up, turn up, turn man, my piano, man. I got up, I got to hear it, man. I want to hear all the intricacies. No, you don't. <laughs> Not for six hours straight. Just like keep it down. Yeah, go yeah. High. Actually, that's a great idea. I mean, I'm mean, a great concept. In the studio is probably we don't think about the exposure there. That can be some of the highest. Oh man, I remember early days of doing studio work and like of like producing an album or whatever, and you're. You're in there listening all day long and just cranking up the volume too much and you just get out and you're just, it's just like there's no depth of field to your hearing, right? right. It's just, it's just like can't hear anything. So yeah. Good. That's all good right. Stuff. Let's see. What do we have next? How, how, how to improve writing? I love the economy of this question. Yeah. How to improve writing music? I'm pretty advanced at playing, but still lack at, uh, at writing even basics. This is from Damien. Thank you for that. Um, you know, I think... One thing that was kind of a breakthrough for me with this was not thinking about playing and writing as being that different. Yeah. At least not sort of the 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 impetus for creativity behind it. And and looking at us as jazz musicians or just improvising musicians as being truly spontaneous compositions. So it, it it's just like anything like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna be able to become um, you know, a vegan? That seems impossible. But if but if you're like if you look at it, you're like, wow, well, 80% of what I'm eating is already vegetables. Maybe it's not that hard. You yeah. know, this is an example. So if you're an improviser and you're good at playing, you're already composing. So you can pat yourself on the back for that. Totally. It becomes more just a matter of the organization of how you're getting it down. So, you know, any kind of writing, be it I'm going to write a symphony or I'm going to write a blues or I'm going to compose whatever is upon my heart to compose. It's always there's a creative impulse. Mm. So you can get that creative. Most people that have trouble composing, it's like the same people that have like any kind of writer's block. They're like, I don't have any ideas. We're improvisers. We've got too many ideas. So just take the best idea you have at a particular time, one idea, and commit to developing that into a composition. You might give yourself, you know, we love talking about restricted practice. I love restricted composition, at least until you get to the point where it can flow a little bit better. So you say, okay, I'm going to write, you know, um, one 12-bar blues every day this week. Every day I'm going to get one done. You know, it's going to be as good as it can be, but it's going to be done each day. So that'll be seven. Maybe one out of those seven you kind of like and you further develop and really put the time in beyond that. But that'll at least get you into that that mode of writing um, because a lot of times it's just doing it. But I don't think that – I think that we have all the advantages as like, – basically there's no excuse to be a jazz musician and you can't write. Yeah. Because if, we're already if, writing if you're, you're already composing. Yeah. And we could sit here and tell you, you know, some steps to take to like – well, then you have to learn counterpoint and then four-part choral, whatever, you right. know. But really, what your advice was spot on, which is just like just like if you wanted to get better at playing, you would play every day. Yeah. Just write every day. And, and yeah. like you said, write a little bit. Write a blues or just write a figure. Write a, Try to write a phrase yeah. every day to start. And what's going to happen is you were going to reveal some something's going to be lacking and you're going to notice it, whether it's like, well, I don't know what to do with the chords. Well, then you're going to investigate what to do with the chords and you're right. going to figure that out. But you need to kind of self-direct your, your, your learning there. And the only way to do that is to do it daily, just like you would if you're learning an instrument. That's all it is. Yep. Yeah. A little trick, little little hack that may help also is to get better with writing. And just to do it is get a really nice notebook. I love the archive ones, you know, brand. You can get them on, on Amazon or whatever. Um, but get a really nice notebook and a really nice pencil and leave it sitting on the piano. That's a great idea. 
Because it's it's just like learning, to, you know, following, getting in the habit of flossing or whatever. If you've got the tools already sitting there, now is that going to write you write itself? No, yeah. but it'll be a reminder for you and it'll make it easy for you. You know. You know what? Too uh, some uh, along these lines is is when you go to write, write something for you, write something for you to play. That's right. You know what I mean? Don't write something that you have this grand idea. I'm going to write this orchestra score right. to start. Just write something that you can play and that you want to play. Right? right. Imagine that you have a gig coming up. And the the venue requested that you play all new originals. Yep. Write a new one every day, and you got it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just like people always asking, like, you know, how do you how do you start running? Or you know, I, what I always tell them, I'm no expert in, it, but I'm like, go out and go for a walk. That's yeah. how you start. Yeah. For sure. Don't go out and run a marathon tomorrow. Yeah. Or today. Yeah. Just go to get on walk, and then start going a little faster, and then pick your feet up a little more, and eventually you're running. Sure. But I mean, but the main thing is start. I think you know. You are running. You, I was running. <laughs> exactly. Hashtag Forrest Gump. So the other side of this, I was going to say, with oh. So the, the, the converse, or I guess the inverse to the having the no, nice notebook sitting on the piano, to me at this point, is our favorite notation program that we love to beat up, Sibelius. Big, bad, not shout out to that company. And the way that, I mean, the program is still pretty good, and we use it a lot because we know it or whatever. Right. But the like the barrier to like getting that, that thing open I and then you got you got to get the avid link and then i got to use your email address oh my oh, what <laughs> i think i don't know oh and God. i mean it's such a pain to get started like that just frustrates me from wanting to write something it is i the, had to write something out at home the other day and i was just like oh my god i know this the is the worst gonna, man sometimes you got to restart your computer just oh, to get the, the thing worst. going i hate it yeah so, so make it i easy. hate that i use it i hate myself I know. when i'm using it I hate us for our freedoms. Uh, <laughs> I hate us for our freedoms. For our freedoms. It's both the best and the worst. I, it's, it's, yeah. People Sibelius, are, it's the worst. Sibelius, it's the, it's the worst. <laughs> I mean, now once you get it going, 20 yeah. minutes later, it's amazing. It's so powerful. Okay, someone wants to know, how do I transcribe piano voicings, chord progressions? I always have trouble with that. Um, oh, welcome so, to the club. <laughs> yeah, so those are two different things. Piano voicings are, of course, like literally voicings. But I'll say, honestly... I'll go with like kind of the the same thing for both voicings and progressions, which is to start at the ends, Mm -hmm. right? Start at the the highest note and the lowest note. Just knowing that this is a C here and a B here, I now know that I only have so many options. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Like, it's one of like three chords probably. Yeah. So And so much easier than starting in the middle and working your way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. I mean, really start with the bottom. Yeah. And and that especially for the chord progression. See if you can get the bass movement first, the root movement. In general, do you find that you can hear the the root or the melody like the the bottom note or the top note easier? Or does it vary? For piano voicings. Yeah, like if someone would just play like and yeah, you were trying to... da, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can hear that a lot a lot better than the, the bottom. But the bottom is easier to hear than like the second for exactly. the bottom, which is like the yeah. hardest to hear, I think. Yep. Uh, so that's where I would start. And then, you know, one of the things with voicings that we always talk about is like learn voicings. You right. know, like learn common voicings. We're all only playing certain kinds of voices that's right you know what i mean so if you kind of learn the language of voicings that really goes a long way because then you're like oh it's that sound yeah and the great thing about that is it starts to give you some variety within within those common voicing structures as you're going so like you know this is the common voicing but so is this right and it sounds all all i'm doing is leaving out the set the doubled seventh here which you kind of want like you want to kind of be like wow maybe is that a stronger voicing actually 
but are we just playing that because we're used to it so like that starts to attune your ear to those kinds of things but it also is like well maybe i want to leave the bottom one out so you i mean these are somewhat advanced but you shouldn't wait until you're at that super advanced level to at least try to hear these things as you're learning them totally and it's a yeah. bit of a catch-22 because you got to hear the voice things to yeah. learn them and then you i mean ideally well it's like how do you swim just jump in the water yeah, don't the, die though true. <laughs> yeah but you should transcribe voicings just as much as anything else if you're a pianist or guitarist because it really is and look at the beginning you're gonna it's gonna be trial and error like sure. you're literally gonna be like and you're gonna play it again and you're gonna be like well, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i got it you know <laughs> That sounded good, didn't it? All right. Uh, our next question, our next burning. Wait, can I interject here? I've been getting some nice. This will be good since you mentioned it was my 50th birthday. I got a, just got a text message from, wait a second, Diane Reeves. Whoa. Did you just drop did that, that name down there? Did I just drop that name? Personal Jeez. friend. Happy 50th birthday. It's all about how you wear it, and you wear it well. Woo. Truly, 50 is the new 30 for you. I Have an extraordinary you, day. All right. There awesome, you go. man. 5-0. Yep. 5 <laughs> 5-0. I got to watch out for this. Uh, so uh, someone asks how to become better at improvising melodic lines over odd time signatures we've talked about this oh it's so melodic (laughs) we've talked about this a little bit in in the not too distant past Um, really the best way to get comfortable improvising any kind of lines over odd time signatures is to just practice odd time signatures it's really just a familiarity thing right it's really just because you don't practice a lot in odd meters and you just have to keep at it. Again, yeah. if you want to get good at anything, do it every day, right? Leading up to you performing that tune at Shelter in Place that you're playing now. That's Josh yeah. Redman's, uh, what is it called? Beyond. Well, it's, it Beyond? All, it's the first tune on Beyond. A- Asynchrony, it's something. Courage, it's called Courage. Courage. Uh, I know you, you played it like Shelter in Place 18 or 19, I think. Yeah. And you were probably practicing that every day. You yeah. Probably, probably got pretty good at going between six and seven, I'm guessing, because that's yeah. what that tune does, right? And that's the kind of thing you got to do. You just have to include it every day. If you want to get better at anything, and this is kind of like blanket question, yeah, a blanket answer to a lot of these questions, put it in your daily practice. Yes. Practice it every day. Because there are certain things that we can't tell you that you don't know, that we don't know you don't know, that yep. you don't even know you no. don't know. And you but they will be exposed in that practice. You'll be exposed very quickly. Yep. And so you just have to do it. You have to throw yourself again into the water. You will not drown yeah, and I think that, yeah, absolutely. Said drowned. You drowned. will not drown. Drowned. Well, I know you're about to go on vacation to a lake area, so you're, you're thinking about keeping your kids from drowning Just yourself, your wife. It's, it's on your mind. Um, all of those lakes, they're, is there enough water in them to drown in? They're pretty shallow out there, aren't they? But I digress. Anyway, Just you can actually the... drown in one inch of water, right? <laughs> well, thanks for bringing this up right before I go on my vacation, buddy. Have fun. <laughs> Woo, big shout out to the Ozarks. Okay, <laughs> so this thing, okay, I totally agree with what you're saying. And that's like, it's such a great concept because you can port that out to so many different things like this that are like, how do you do something that, that applies to a lot of different tunes and situations like playing over odd time signatures, improvising melodic lines specifically is the question. So as you're practicing this, it's going to be like probably at least 50% of your practice. Actually, before you even get to working on improvising over odd time signatures, it's just going to be like... 
just comping, yeah, yeah. not okay. even and hearing something above hearing that. hearing something above it. But ex- what you just did there was really important. This is what I've been I've been doing a little bit of this on the daily guy practice session, and not with odd time signatures, but with just better time in general. Yeah, vocalizing the time is mm. huge for human beings. Have you seen this? Uh, I'm not going to say Adam Neely video about about working on time with vocalization. No, it's what it's what we're best at keeping clocks with is one, two, three. We actually have amazing time, humans do, yeah. when we count. Huh. And so doing what you just did, which is like, not only does that help us find the beat, but it keeps us like our time steady. And so that can be some real game-changing work for not just like uh, playing in odd time signatures, but really like having solid time. Yeah. So start- well, most And most people can sing a beat or count a beat like yeah. that with much a, a much more innate sense of groove and accuracy of time than they could necessarily play on almost any instrument. For sure. And there's no way you're going to be able to play melodically over some odd meters if you can't yeah. sing the beat. And the odd the odd time signature has to be something that becomes somewhat natural. I mean, eventually you want it to be as natural, and it will, as three or four. It'll, it'll just, because you've done it enough, you know. Um, but you want it to be natural enough that you can have the possibility to be able to create a, 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 a improvised melodic line without having to think about the time you're in totally. so that you can start floating it above. So that takes a lot. You're very front loaded on the work in terms of, of just practicing the groove of your piano, maybe just a simple bass line and chords and no melodic line. It's going to be one of those things that that's just kind of what you're practicing. Totally. Yeah. We got time for one more. We got time for one more. Okay, let's do it. How to make the piano sound interesting and make up for stuff horn players can do. So this is from someone with the handle jazz piano guy. So it is a jazz pianist. That's a bold handle. Yeah, it's a bold hand. Yeah, I didn't know if I'd known that one was available, I would have grabbed it. Um, That's a that's that's great. I mean, I think we we can steal a lot of stuff, borrow, um, insert ourselves into the lineage of a lot of great players. I mean. All the pianists we talk about are really good at doing this, not necessarily trying to duplicate, but but to bring the expressiveness out of the piano that's maybe not as innate or obvious as it is on a saxophone or a trumpet. I got something right? for this, actually. Okay. Have you seen this documentary, Keep On Keeping On, Clark Terry? No, I, I've got to see it. I feel horrible that I have. I know all about it, though. Okay. It's so great. Yeah, so <laughs> this is pretty awesome. Um, so... Clark Terry, legendary trumpet player, obviously, the last years of his life, and actually this is like the last year of his life, and he's mentoring a young pianist, Justin Coughlin, and he's like literally in his on his deathbed, like vocalizing language as a lesson to this young pianist, right? And Clark Terry's not a pianist, he's a trumpeter. Right. And and you get the real sense here that this is not about like what scale goes over what chord, right? This is literally just language from one person to the other. And if you check this out, so I'll keep on keeping on. It's on Netflix. You can't, you can't, you can't go wrong with it. It's just so cool to watch Clark teach someone. And this is a really good young pianist, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and and watch him who humbly absorb the information. Man, it's so awesome. And for me, this is how you would get to that point of how to make the piano sound interesting, make up stuff for, that horn players can do. Because it's literally a horn player explaining how he thinks about improvisation to a young pianist who's really, really talented and how it's not about the instrument you play or even the notes you play. It's about these phrases that we share with each other and this language that we share with each other. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, and I think that is going to come down then to first understanding that um, 
then it becomes a you know necessity is the mother of all invention it's like what do we have to do yeah so we got to work a little harder in some ways on the piano to be able to create that but in some ways we have some advantages too so like that's all about being able to manipulate the the technique and what the piano gives us and not concentrating on like what it can't do yeah but coaxing it into doing the things that we know it can do well don't you think you've gotten some of the best stuff you in your playing from horn players and vocalists yeah people who can do things we can't do exactly it forces you to kind of like mimic that in a yeah. way you know but when you start to realize that like the timing and the the how it layers into the groove and you know the inflection of the phrasing and the dynamics all that actually you can get 90 percent 95 maybe even 99 percent of you know even though you can't uh we can't affect a note after it started but we can kind of repeat i mean there's all these little tricks that you can yeah. do to get you know you can't tongue like you could on trumpet but you can you know we have attack tricks we have attack tricks exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah, don't yeah. concentrate on what we can't do concentrate on what we can do with your can do attitude i love it man there's I love no the... i in team but there is a me okay so positivity <laughs> yeah uh, well, you also can do go to openstudiojazz.com. You like that transition? I do. Uh, go check out the Piano Access Pass. It's all of Peter's courses, all of Jeffrey Keezer's courses, Elio Alves's amazing Brazilian jazz piano course. Every as course. well as Elio Alves as well. Elio, Elio, you say proximity, I say proximity. <laughs> all uh, of Adam Ennis doesn't include your courses? It includes my course. It includes the daily guided practice session. We're practicing it every day over there. I know. So come check us out. Yeah. Well, till tomorrow, we'll hear it. <laughs>